you've come to the right place if you're looking to create, launch, and scale a high-value online training program. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of Lifter LMS, the most powerful learning management system for WordPress. Stay to the end. I've got something special for you. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. I'm joined by a repeat guest from way back in the vault. His name is Micah Mitchell. He's from Membirium, which helps you build powerful automated membership sites while being deeply integrated with your CRM like ActiveCampaign or Infusionsoft or Keep. Welcome back on the show, Micah. Thanks for having me, Chris. It's so good to see you again, man. Yeah, it's awesome to connect. Um, you know, we're industry peers in the space of this whole um, online uh, information product, online marketing, bridging WordPress to CRM tools like Infusionsoft and ActiveCampaign. For somebody who hasn't really thought about um, kind of the bridge between those two worlds of marketing automation and your WordPress site, your membership site, how do you describe what Membirium? is and does yeah so i uh, hopefully people are familiar with wordpress if not it just helps you build a website so the way i describe it to most people even those not technical is you know your website's here and your customer information's here and membarium is just in the middle saying well these customers have paid for whatever or have access for whatever reason to this stuff and so it's kind of communicating back and forth and deciding whether a page is open to the public or only for certain members uh, and not just pages, but other resources on the site. So we're really kind of doing access control, but at a, at a very deep level. Um, but it's, it is a little bit weird to describe because it's like, well, we don't really do anything. The website does stuff and the database does stuff and we just help them talk. So <laughs> that's awesome. And that's, a, that's important talking that happens there. What um, I'm curious does somebody who comes to Membirium more likely come to you first as I have a WordPress membership site and I need a membership tool. Are they more likely to come to Membirium? Say I'm a, I'm an Infusionsoft or keep user. Or I'm an active cam, active campaign user and I need a membership site or does I'm sure it both happens, but which one is more common for you? Definitely. They more common is to come from the CRM um, as yeah. a recommendation but we have gotten so in the past it was all from the crm pretty much because we we're such a like unique just just for a few people kind of thing um but we have now had people come in interested in membarium and go buy something like infusionsoft to use membarium which to me is weird because our products like maybe 57 bucks a month and infusions a couple hundred a month so they'll like buy a super expensive product to use a cheap product um, in some cases, but mostly, yeah, they're coming and saying, well, I already use active campaign or keep. And they told me I need this for my membership. Why, um, if somebody's coming from the CRM or marketing automation tool, why does uh, WordPress and, and Membarium, like how do you kind of sell WordPress as the way? Because versus like a SaaS, a traditional SaaS solution for a membership site or courses and stuff like that? Like why WordPress? Yeah. So I don't ever try to talk anybody into WordPress. It's kind of like changing somebody's religion um, okay. where if they're, uh, if they're not technical, then having them do WordPress is going to make them, it, it may not be a good fit. Right. 
And so if people who like SaaS, you know, if they say, oh, I use Kajabi, I don't think I've ever said you should switch. I say like, oh, I love Kajabi. That's awesome. How's it working? You know? Um, but if somebody is using WordPress, they definitely want the flexibility and they want to be able to use a bunch of different tools that aren't going to be available in some sort of SaaS system, uh, or at least not available or customizable or whatever. So I don't have to do a big sales job on WordPress. Typically they're already there and they're coming to us for that reason saying, well, I want my own theme and I don't want it, my group to be on Facebook. And I, I do want to be able to include custom code and so on. That's awesome. So the more like power, power user, custom, I want customizability, kind of advanced marketer, user experience designer type person. Um, yeah. What's like a common thing somebody's trying to do? I mean, there's the control access to something like a course or like what are, what are the most common ways that people, you know, a tag happens in uh, the CRM, then what, what goes down with Membarium in the, in the WordPress site? Yeah, so there's uh, on the user creation side, let's say somebody buys and like you're saying a tag is applied to somebody that can trigger password creation, sending an email, having them log in. Uh, and there can be a lot of details there, meaning depending on how they're delivering their content, some people really want to get uh, extreme. So for example, with something like Lifter, where it's doing learning management and all that, somebody might say, well, yeah, I want that to happen, but if they're going too fast, I want to limit them. So I want an extra layer of control over Lifter. Um, but typically people who are using us are looking for two-way communication. So a lot of platforms will say, well, when a purchase happens in your whatever, we'll give that person a membership. A lot of times what people are looking for with Membarium is to say, well, now when the user is going through the system and doing things, we really want that to communicate back to the customer database so that we can email or text or you know, whatever, give them a discount or reach out with a phone call based on their activity in the membership site. And we want that not only to be activity around consuming video content or going to pages, but a lot of people will hook into their community and say, well, we want to give people points for interacting in the community and consuming content. You know, when they hit these certain combos, not only do we want to reward them or be able to text or email them, but we also want to show it to other people for social proof. So we need it to do a combination of things. So they're a lot of times they're automating back and forth, like from the CRM down to the site, but also from the site back. And then it's usually going into other tools as well. So if they have a community tool, they want to know, hey, if they click this link in Keeper Active campaign, let's unlock this area in the community, um, which is a you know a separate plugin. So that's a lot of what Membarium brings is integration to WordPress at the core, but integration beyond that into a lot of other plugins that people are trying to use and may want a little bit of extra detail or interaction. Wow. That is really well explained. I can tell you've been in this industry for a long time. It's um, like you said that there's a user with a level of customization and user experience that they want to design. And like, it's one thing when a company says like, oh yeah, we can, or this SaaS membership site, there's a Zapier to connect this to that. This is like a whole other level of two-way communication Um you know, we've got the CRM and all these things happening over here. And then we got the WordPress membership site and all these things happen over here, but it's not just the initial account creation and uh, enrollment or access control. It's just two-way communication, which really opens up unlimited possibilities. Um, which brings me to something I wanted to ask you about. 
I know myself included, I've got a long history in the Infusionsoft community is sometimes with, with all this like power, it's easy to get like a little um, messy or over-engineering things. And one of the cool things I know about Membarium, which is awesome, is you guys have this um, uh, implementation partner program. Because I see a lot of like uh, experts, if you will, get super excited about all this customizability, but they may want like a professional to help advise and actually set up the tech. Can you tell us about your implementation partner program? Yeah. So, um, and thank you for asking. I actually love that program because what we notice with a lot of other partner programs is they really just want those partners to sell. So they'll get partners and they'll you know, kind of reward them and treat them based on how many apps those partners are selling. And so ours is a little different where we're really focused on implementation. Um, and so they have to pass a practical exam where they basically create and then show us on video what they've created and send it back and we grade them on our team. Uh, and so if they pass, they've shown, oh, I can build and automate all these different things, you know, one click upsells, auto unlocking things and delay timers and stuff like that. Uh, and so they're really, we make sure they're technically savvy. And then we also have a level of quality where if they ever have an issue with a client, we had to do this the other day for the first time in years. Um, but I, you know, I felt a little bad initially saying it just like, well, this is our policy. Um, but the way the partner responded, I was like, oh, that's, it's still the right policy. But basically we had a customer come in and say, oh, this partner said they do this and I'm not happy with their work. So we just reached out to the partner and reminded them, hey, it's our policy that if somebody's unhappy we delist you, like you're no longer a partner. So can you make this right? And they were like, oh, of course, I'm so sorry. It was a misunderstanding, you know, and they made it right. So that's that's what we're doing there is making sure people can just get it set up because it can be technical and complicated. It's enough of a pain without having to guess at who's in your system helping you, right? And so having those certified partners where we make sure they know what they're doing and then we get the feedback from clients that they're doing a good job is part of what makes all this work because we do not as a company do services or want to do services. Um, and so having that kind of teamwork aspect with these other companies helps a ton. That's awesome. I, I was just looking at your uh, examples page. What are, you've got some incredible case studies on here. Um, what are some of your favorite or not favorites, but just ones that cool stories that you like to highlight from your user community? So tell, tell us a story about a project. <laughs> so one in particular that I really liked, uh, it's a story. It's not like a usual one from our user community, but uh, Infusionsoft themselves keep the company, the software company. They started using our software to do internal training for their employees um, just because they could do some of the things they wanted to, because they wanted to they wanted to not only distribute content to their employees, but say, hey, we need to know that they're doing it and in a timely fashion. And if they don't do it by this time, their manager needs to know and so on. Um, so that was kind of a big win where we got to help them implement that system and then do a case study with them about uh, that setup, uh, which was really cool. But, um, and I've loved, I always loved that use case of internal training because I think it's so practical and overlooked. You know, we all try to write policies and procedures and have systems. And it's like, yeah, just, I feel like a membership site is so perfect for that. Especially, you know, if you use something like Lifter to make it a learning management system and actually have the, the quality that the people are learning there. Um, so that's, that's kind of an odd one, but we're doing, we have two case studies this week that are both of membership sites and they both came to us. Uh, one was said something like, oh, we did 75 million in the last year using Membarium. And 
want to do a case study. Another one was like 65 or something. And, and I was just like this, uh, that's awesome. You know? So what I think the fun use cases, and there's some other ones like that are where people have used other platforms um, and they've gotten to a level in their business where it makes enough of a difference to get the extra automation to go through the pain to do it. You know, so they might be on a different platform um, and it's working pretty well. Their marketing's working well, people are happy, but they realize, hey, if we could just get a little 3% bump here and a 5% bump there and whatever, it's worth a significant amount of money and now it's worth automating. Um, so there will be some case studies coming out like that, but there is one on there already of a um, Tony Robbins site, um, which, you know, they're, we're going to do an update on them, but that always makes me happy kind of seeing that the automation, like you said, you can over-engineer it, but when people are engineering in things and saying, Hey, look at this cool little thing I did, you know, creative little twist and here's all this extra income. Um, so yeah, it's, it's those little tidbits where you're, I think, especially getting the community to interact, causing more people to consume, which causes them to upgrade, you know, things like that. That is awesome. Um, for the, like the experts out there, the course creators, what are some patterns you see? Like, I mean, there's these big numbers, like oh, these people making millions and stuff. And I'm sure I know I see people that have all the best intentions, but the project doesn't work out. What do you see uh, in your success stories that's common, not necessarily from the, you know, the implementation of your software, but what qualities do successful membership sites have in general? What patterns have you seen? So I think the main one is it's the people who understand that the site is part of an overall strategy. So some people will say, oh, I've been an attorney for so many years, and now I want to create a membership site and stop being an attorney. And so they want to like switch from one to the other and make this magical changeover. And now they never work again. And that's usually, that usually doesn't quite work. It's maybe, I don't know quite what it is. It's like, they're trying to shoot the moon or something, but when somebody understands that the membership site is just a, just a way to deliver content and just a piece of an overall marketing strategy. And they're still, they're still doing, you know, how do I put it? Their business works in a traditional way and they're using this to supplement it, not replace it. Um, and the reason I guess I say that, you know, it's kind of obvious that somebody trying to create one from scratch without a separate business it would have a harder time. But I love it when someone's able to say, oh, well, I offer consulting or events and the membership site's a bonus or the membership site's a thousand dollar value. And now we're able to charge more or give it to people who, you know, they're they're using it as part of everything else that they're doing. Um, and they're using it to educate and warm up prospects, clients, uh, you know, like a prospect who hasn't bought, give them a free membership. You're going to be the expert in their eyes. And then when you offer services, them knowing that you're smart enough to structure a whole course makes you the choice for that. Right. Um, and so a lot of people, they're trying to just sell the content and make the whatever hundred bucks for the course, you know, so many hundred or thousand dollars versus uh, seeing, is it a, seeing it as a way to add a ton of value to everyone their business comes in contact with. Um, you know, add more value to customers, position the company and the expert, you know, uh, more and more and more kind of higher and higher. Um, I'm, I'm kind of 
off in the woods here. I forgot what your question even is. Oh, no, you're there. You're there. This is uh, this is what I wanted to get into. Um, coming at it a, a different way. Um, you mentioned like a lot of people are already using the CRM and the marketing automation suite of Infusionsoft or Keep or Active Campaign, and they're what's the transition like to the light bulb moment? Oh, I want to have a membership site. Like what are they already doing inside of the, the, with their, either their website that they already have and then the marketing automation and the building their database and their email list. Like what's the classic transition from, uh, you know, being a, let's say Infusionsoft customer to I'm an Infusionsoft customer with a membership site. Yeah, that's a great question, really, because um, it's kind of subtle. I think the classic transition is something like, you know, we have a free ebook or a free video on our website, and now that becomes a, a free mini series that we want to protect. We want to have a username and password situation. Um, and so a lot of times it starts with a lead magnet that they want to uh, actually give a higher perceived value to by protecting. You know, and then that'll develop from there. I'd say that's like the the simplest transition. Another one that we get a lot of that I would wouldn't have expected when I first started doing any of this is a lot of especially keep users, since they do their e-commerce in Infusionsoft, they'll use us as just a customer portal because you can show all of your invoices and subscriptions and they can, you know, add and cancel stuff and basically manage their account. So we do have basic account management from people who aren't really selling access to the site. They're just using it as a, you know, a functionality of their business. Um, but otherwise I'd say, yeah, it's a lot of people trying to create high value lead magnets. Um, and then that develops later into adding uh, prices to those. Nice. What, um, what, like for somebody who's trying to kind of get clear in the in their head between the difference between a CRM and the CMS, like the, the, so for the acronyms, the cu customer relationship management, like the database, the um, Infusionsoft type platform versus the content management system and WordPress and putting the layer of membership site on top of that. Why do we, why do we need both? Like, cause for example, like, um, I don't know if they still have it. They probably do, but I know Infusionsoft one time had something called customer hub. And then, which is kind of like a members area thing. And then you can kind of treat a WordPress site. I mean, it has users in it and stuff. Why do you really need to kind of bridge these two worlds and let them each do their best of breed stuff and not really try to squeeze all the functionality into one or the other? Yeah. Um, so with Infusionsoft and Customer Hub, for example, they, uh, they had acquired that and then eventually actually sold it back to the founders Okay. Started. So they divested that. Um, and now they really don't have any sort of content platform. So they are okay. just a CRM. Um, and then, like you said, WordPress, it does have a user database. There are e-commerce plugins for WordPress. I think somebody could build everything they want, probably for free with WordPress, right? Um, but they're going to be with those tools that are free or even some of the premium tools uh, it's just a matter of choice. And I think Infusionsoft, Active Campaign, some of these CRMs, especially, they have intelligence in them. They have automation in them that WordPress really doesn't. So, uh, for example, those 
anybody not familiar, Infusionsoft and Active Campaign both let you kind of create sequences of contact, um, like emails and texts and these sorts of things with timers. And that's not really a thing in WordPress, at least that I know of. There might be some plugin, but it doesn't get as complex where you can say, well, after seven days, send them this email. But if they're already a member of that program, instead send them this other email. You know, having your your e-commerce data available to make decisions on as you're deciding what communication to send clients is a big part of what those platforms provide, I'd say, is, is they're kind of like the artificial intelligence or the brain of most people's businesses. In fact, um, a question we get asked a lot uh, about the automation when someone's trying to decide, well, what do I put where? We always come back and say, well, keep in mind that your CRM is the core. It's like the hub of everything. We're just a spoke. So, you know, uh, WordPress or whatever, I feel is just a spoke off of their customer relationship management, their database. That's awesome. Um, another one too, like the CRM is like, is specializes in deliverability and email at scale and stuff. This is a, a very important problem that, you know, the CRM is focusing on. Yeah. And also, like you said, with the hub and spoke model, uh, as much as I would love to have a, as a WordPress guy, like everything in WordPress, I also think about the CRM. I'm me personally, I'm a heavy active campaign user these days. And I think of my active campaign is also like this master backup of my business. If mm -hmm. the WordPress site, which we sell our software with and everything else were to go away, it's all, I could rebuild it based off tags and everything of like who had what and when, and all that history is kind of mirrored in the CRM. So it gives, it lets me sleep at night too, <laughs> which is, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, a personal question for you, this industry, uh, you know, the tech world moves fast, and, but you've been in this game for a while. What keeps you, first of all, how, how old is approximately is Membirium and what keeps you in the game, Micah? Like keeps you excited about membership sites and CRM and marketing automation and information products. Like, uh, how long has it been and why are you still here? So, uh, <laughs> A funny question because this is the first interview or something like this I've done in about three years. Um, so I, the company's about seven years old. Several years ago, I actually kind of got a little bit burnt out on this, um, but it's because for for years before that, I'd been doing the same thing, just different platforms, right? Um, so I did take a break, and that's why coming back now, I feel refreshed. And uh, even during the break, I was taking a break, but the company wasn't obviously, I just needed a little, a little reset, but coming back into it, realizing that basically nothing's changed. You know, it's the same. There's some new, whatever platforms and uh, social media, whatever VR is coming down the road someday, but, but it's the same stuff. And what actually makes me passionate about it and what is part of our company's, you know, mission is that we help experts share knowledge. And so when we have somebody, let's say, I'll use kind of an extreme case, but let's say somebody has some sort of pain going on and somebody else in the world has figured out how to solve that with some sort of simple remedy. And this person can make a course and deliver it to that person. It's like, that's awesome that we could be part of that. So that, you know, that's our purpose is we help experts share knowledge. And uh, the last few years when I've been not involved in software, I have been taking a lot of courses and trainings and things like that. And you know, it's not from colleges. It's not from public school. It, it's because somebody somewhere was empowered to 
create and share their knowledge, uh, you know, create some sort of curriculum and share it. Right. Um, so that's what, that's what gets me going. And that's why I'm back very active personally. And we're making other products in this direction as well. Um, so anyways, yeah, I, I love helping that information get across. Cause I, one example, and this is really stupid, but once I had a toothache and I was like in such horrible pain, and then I finally Googled it and realized I could swish my mouth with salt water, just salt and water and no problem. Right. And it's like, just that, that idea that I didn't have, and then having it was so valuable to me. Right. And, and that's a, I mean, that times a thousand or millions is, is what I'm hoping to achieve. That's awesome. Um, it's great to be with you on the journey, by the way, we're about seven years old and, uh, I know what you mean by, you know, it's hard. The internet's always on and, you know, there's a lot of demands and, and all that stuff. So, uh, it's good to reset what, um, you, you mentioned, I mean, you've seen a lot of people create membership sites, you've taken courses and things, you're a member of things yourselves. What makes a great membership site? Like if somebody, I'm sure you come across people, uh, that have all the potential kind of locked in there. They have the capability to help a lot of people, but what could they do to structure that content or kind of just get over themselves and actually create an outline or something like that? Mm. <laughs> There's a few things in there. I think somebody who, who needs to get over themselves, what I usually talk to that person about is uh, meaning they're, they have some hesitation for a million reasons as to why yeah. not. Right. Um, but I'll usually to them, there's a couple, but say something like, well, uh, you know, let's say they're worried about somebody stealing it. That's uh, one. Yeah. I hear that one a lot. And it's like, well, that's, you can't prevent that. I don't care what software you use. I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter. Like if, if you're going to share it, someone's going to use it. No big deal. So you might as well become the face of that information, you know what I mean? Like the person sharing it have that information associated with you, et cetera. So, you know, uh, and kind of go down that rabbit hole with them as to why they should be the person doing it, not somebody else. And if they don't feel like they should, then it's like, well, don't do it, you know, but most of them deep down do feel that they're just worried or afraid or, you know, uh, there's something in the way, but, uh, as far as what, what makes a really good experience, I think it's when someone's really relatable. So um, depending on what the content is, there is something to be said about positioning yourself as the expert, but also being able to be human so that they realize, oh, I, I can acquire that knowledge. It's not special or specific to you or genetic or something, right? Um, and so the sites, I think that do a good job of, you know, general user experience, it's got to look and feel nice, but when they're communicating the information, it's not just raw data. It's put in a story. It's personally relatable. They give you exercises to, to try to experience it or try on the ideas, or they ask you to give feedback, you know, like lifter, the whole LMS learning management thing was a revolution for membership sites. Cause before that it was, I'm going to push content at you and ask for money. Right. And if you give me money, I'm just going to dump this content on you, but being accountable to, well, are they going through it? You know, are they able to pass the quiz and so on? Um, now it's kind of table stakes. I think when you guys came out, it was so new and amazing. Uh, and now it seems like a lot of people kind of know about it and they want it by default. So I think the step above that, above the automation and the user experience is that the content is genuine and you're saying, you know, this is, this was created not 
you know, yes, I hope to make money off it, but created because I think it's genuinely helpful. And I'm trying to convey it in a way that's going to get through to the most people, you know, and that takes vulnerability. Um, I think on, on the part of the person teaching so that it does get through. So the other person can connect and, and download it from them, not just hear it and uh, not allow it into the subconscious, you know? I love that. And I love the kind of the trip down the history of membership sites and how it's evolving and that insight that the content has never been more important. And then the relatableness of the uh, instructor, instructor or leader expert in the content is super important. As an entrepreneur yourself, whether it's like on the tech side or the instructional design side or the industry side, what do you see? The membership site has come a long way. I mean, you've been around this for a while. You mentioned the earlier days of like, we got a paywall and behind this paywall is like lots of content. And, you know, whether we're using optimized press or, you know, whatever the early days membership site tool was, we've evolved and, and Memberium has evolved to, you know, meet the need of the modern membership site creator. What, as an entrepreneur, do you see coming in the future for membership sites? Um, you know, you and I being in the WordPress world, uh, I hate to say it, but I think as SaaS platforms get better and better, people will want that all-in-one more and more just because right now the all-in-one doesn't always perform perfectly at every task, right? It's hard to be good at everything. Yeah. But as that technology improves and there's more platforms those guys can plug into, um, and when I say all-in-one, I don't just mean a SaaS. What I mean is they're going to expect that their client can get to their information however their client wants, you know, desktop, mobile, whatever. And just like you use Hulu and Netflix, when you switch device to device, it picks up the exact episode, the exact time mark in the video. You know what I mean? I think they're going to just expect a seamless experience. Um, and technology is, is getting better at that. Um, I see on the creation side, there will be more tools for the creator, uh, meaning Right now, there's a lot of tools for the publisher, like, oh, the content's created. There's a million ways to publish it and decorate it and distribute it. Um, but when someone's going to create their content, having something that, uh, like almost like an AI that would interview the content out of them in a way that is more um, packageable, right? Uh, versus the person says the content and then you got to package it. Uh, so I see some tools probably coming on that end that help that could take like, let's say my mom's an expert at something, but doesn't know anything about courses or technology. And it could just interview, you know, and extract the information that's valuable um, and spin that out into a course, you know? So that's, that's what I think is coming in the long run. And then of course, VR at some point, but otherwise, you know, same old, same old. Yeah. Yeah. I love that idea of, cause it's a big sticking point. I mean, I call that instructional design. You've got the expert, but they're not a teacher or a coach or whatever. So how do you, some technology or AI to like kind of pull it out in a nice package? There's definitely a need for that. That's awesome. What you mentioned, same old, same old. What hasn't changed for membership sites or this industry? Like you said, and even you, you mentioned you took a break and came back and you're like, all right, we're still here. This industry is still humming along. What hasn't changed and is pretty much evergreen about membership sites. I, I think the, the opportunity hasn't changed as far as 
there's still people seeking it and there's still people achieving it. I've even had moments where I'm like, are we even doing anything for anybody? Like, you know, uh, and then when somebody comes back around and tells me, oh, we just like have done all the, you know, all this money. And I'm thinking, oh, I thought courses were dead. I thought, you know, YouTube had just had made all the content anyone needed. Why would someone buy it? Right. And that's where I'm, I'm realizing like, oh no, still, I guess what hasn't changed is somebody uniquely packaging content, somebody's still going to buy it. So you still have people saying the same thing in a different way, selling it in a different way, you know, same thing though, right. On a million different topics and experts are just rotating through, you know, new gurus on every subject or coming and going and that sort of thing. Um, so it's like a cool teacher's market. So I guess that the, the teacher student aspect hasn't changed. That's awesome. And why do, why do some experts you think you mentioned Tony Robbins and Dean Graciosi are using, um, Imbarium. Why has, what, what kind of content stands the test of time? Or like, what is, what, uh, mm. why do you think those guys are just still around? Like so, there's like these mega successes out there. Like, what do they got? What's going on there? Uh, well, so there's, there's a couple parts. One thing that I learned out on a little bit here and there is um, the shelf life of content. So if I make content on a technology subject, it may be out of date in six months. Um, but where Tony's talking about like basic human psychology, you know, forever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, forever. Um, so he's just gotten so good at the same thing and then such a big following. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like the rich get richer. So the more people who know him, the more people who know him and so on. And, and he, of course, shows up and performs and, and does his thing and, and is who he is. But um, yeah, it's, I, I think I got off track with what the question is, but uh I was just really what for the folks you mentioned some gurus like kind of come and go, but some just stick and they're just still here and maybe they keep iterating on their offer or their training, just kind of making it better every year or something like that. What are, what are the, what makes the, why does some kind of come and go and others just stick around? quality comes to mind. So like another example is um, Jeff Walker doing product launch formula, right? Great and example. Yeah. Yeah. He's done it so many times, um, but it's a high quality product. Um, my mentor who's in the toy business, but has previously been in the information business and so on. He was like, you know, if I were to go do anything today, all I would do is buy PLF and apply that to it, no matter what it is. If it's a store, a restaurant, a toy, I don't care. You know, I'd buy product launch formula. And so Jeff going, you know, still coming out with the same core, but adding nuances and details and, and, you know, staying consistent at a high quality uh, and Tony, the same, there's a lot of people where they're just kind of consistent at that high quality. Um, they might make mistakes. Sure. Um, but yeah, if, if it's something people need, they'll just keep coming back. And so these guys with working solutions, um, you know, at the end of the day, of course it has to work, but where they, they just keep the system running. You know, I'm going to keep providing the solution and I'm going to keep marketing that I'm providing the solution and, and never let up on either side, you know? That's awesome. One of my business coach coaches said that, uh, you know, you get tired of your marketing before the market ever does. So using Jeff Walker's mm -hmm. example, there's always going to be somebody who's looking to launch a product. And maybe you get past that and you kind of integrate 
the product launch methodology and customize it to your business, but there's going to be the next person who's going to need to launch a product or a business and they just keep coming. <laughs> so, uh, cool. Well, um, final words of wisdom, somebody's, um, you know, inactive campaign or Infusionsoft and keep, and they're, they're really focusing in on prioritizing the membership site and they've purchased Membirium. What are, what are like the first handful one to three things that people should focus on to be successful with your product and their, and their project like as a whole? Yeah. So I think minimum viable product is the main thing people need to focus on. Uh, so as you mentioned over-engineering earlier and sometimes people will, they'll, they'll not only over-engineer, but they'll be like, Oh, I'm going to make a like 60 chapter course or something, you know, Giant, uh, I call that the giant course. <laughs> yeah, it's just massive. Yeah. Um, so getting those people to create a, a prototype, you know, and, and some of it's just in their head where I'll say, well, just make a make something just for your employees. Don't even make a, a membership site for your customers because you're going to overthink it. You're going to feel that like stage fright or whatever and overthink it. But once they start, let's say, automating internally for their employees, then they're like, Oh, okay. This is useful. They like it. Doesn't matter. No big deal. And then they they just start automating and helping their customers without overthinking it. So I think if you do, I tell people sometimes that do the dumbest thing you can think of, like the simplest dumbest, because it's with all the options open to you, it's too easy to to over elaborate. You know. That's awesome. That's Micah Mitchell. He's from Membirium. Go to membirium.com. Any final words for the people or anywhere else you want them to connect with you at? Uh, I would just say thanks for having me on. And yeah, at Membirium, you can ask us anything. Our support's helpful. And uh, if you have something to share, you know, please share it with the world. Like, like make your course. Don't let anything stop you. Awesome, Micah. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, man. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. Did you enjoy that episode? Tell your friends and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And I've got a gift for you over at lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Go to lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Keep learning, keep taking action, and I'll see you in the next episode.